Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. So today I have uh, someone with me who is an author, a neuroscientist. I know a lot of you out there are probably saying another neuroscientist. Yes, another, because there's so much that we can learn and benefit from. Uh, so much depends on brain work, as I like to call it. Um, and today we have someone who's been nominated for the Next Big Idea Award uh, for Best Nonfiction Work and has been a number one bestseller on Amazon in several categories. And so his book is uh, The Age-Proof Brain. And he is a... Uh, a uh, neuroscientist and uh, has a long career in in doing research and a variety of topics. And so I, I'm excited to have this conversation. And so I want to welcome uh, Mark Milstein. Uh, welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. So listen, I, everyone is always curious, but I, I think I'm probably one kind of a big fan of learning more about brain uh, brain work and brain science. Uh, I know there a lot of times we, we've heard this colloquialism. Well, it doesn't take a brain scientist to figure <laughs> this out, right? We've heard, we've all said that or whatever, but so much depends on what's going on in the brain. And so I, so I'd like to start, if you could tell me a little bit about your work, because I know it is, it's kind of spanned a gamut of of topics. I know you've done cancer research, yeah. also I read, and a lot of other stuff. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got where you are now doing this particular kind of work in the advice you're giving around uh, uh, how people can kind of tweak the brain to for longevity's sake. So love to hear about your story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so actually, I started as you mentioned, doing cancer research at UCLA, and I was part of a, a group of scientists that were was studying a protein involved in brain in brain uh, uh, breast cancer. I'm sorry, and it turns out that same protein was also involved in the brain in learning and memory. And so at the time, that was really, really kind of startling that something involved in breast cancer was also involved in memory and learning. Mm -hmm. And it was just about the time where our understanding of how the brain works was like exploding <laughs> in terms of we were starting to learn how what's happening when we're sleeping, what's happening when we're stressed out, what's happening um, when we're being creative. And it just was so fascinating that we were learning how the brain really works. And these insights were providing insights into how to make the brain work better, you know, really science-based solutions. And I, when I was at UCLA, I, I gave a talk to a group of non-scientists and someone there said, would you give another talk? And I thought, I never thought that that would be something I would be doing, but I enjoyed it. And there was such a need for getting really, really good research out to people in a way that was usable and understandable that I, I really started focusing on really breaking down the latest studies, you know, throwing away the bad ones and focusing on the good ones and saying, how can we take this information? How can we use it? And how can we be accurate with it in a way that's usable, understandable, and can be, you know, really a positive change. And, and just to kind of sum it all up, I think a big message that I have is you have much more control over your brain than we ever thought, mm -hmm. uh, how it feels today and how it's going to work years from now. Sure. And so that's really become my focus. 
Oh, excellent, excellent. And you know, several things you said resonated with me. And also when I think about uh, what I've read regarding kind of brain-body connection, yeah. there's so many of those. Uh, I have, just for the last couple of years, I, I have to confess, I always tell people, if I could write a letter to my younger self, what it would be is don't stop exercising <laughs> because I've recently started again. And and so, <laughs> but what's interesting is that um, my trainer has said to me many times, think about using this or that, you know? So it might yeah. be, uh, that you in this, you're going to use a shoulder muscle, or I want you to focus on using your 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 hamstring or what have you. And over time, that's gotten better. And just putting my mind, like yeah. making that connection, and and so a lot of the language. Because the one time I had to ask him, I said, "What are you, a neuroscientist?" Because a lot of it was we would talk day after day of. I want you to make a, I want you to create a pathway. That's what he would say. I want you to forge a pathway between your brain and that muscle. And I'm like, wow, okay. But there's so many things that I've read. And so your book, as an example, um, this one, The Age-Proof Brain, um, which sounds like it's it, you've written it for, uh, the layperson, not the neuroscientist, but the layperson to really understand the connection between the things that we do that that impact the way we age and how we might extend our longevity, our lives. Um, so tell me how that how you got to that point where you say, look, there's actually some practical advice for the everyday ordinary person out there that they could apply. Right, right. Yeah, what you're saying is so true. And uh, I've noticed that myself with just, you know, playing sports or uh, working out that there is a there's such a powerful connection to get our body to work better if we really just do these really connect these pathways. It's really fascinating. And um, it applies to so many aspects of how our brain works that we tend to think, oh, if we want to make our brain work better, we'll do, you know, we'll do puzzles or <laughs> things like that. But it's yeah. it's really about exercising or thinking about what's happening in your gut or how you're sleeping or your your heart all these things are really impacting how how well your brain works and it's good because we have good treatments we have good things we can do we have good lifestyle tips that we can do for these things that seem disconnected but really are very connected and that's what gives us so much more power over our brain health than we than we thought and i think where this all started for me honestly, is I'm not a very good sleeper. Um, and so as I learned about how important sleep is for the brain and how it's critically important for your memory and your, when you're sleeping at night, you're basically removing waste and trash and garbage from your brain. <laughs> and I realized that by understanding how my brain works, I could sleep better. Mm. And then I started realizing this applies to so many parts of my, of my mental and physical health that I was starting to share with people and it was resonating with them too. And that, you know, I'd get the feedback that, oh, wow, that thing you mentioned about you know, just for a quick tip right here, like, you know, you, we think about sleep as something you prepare for an hour before bed or five minutes before bed, but you're really preparing for sleep right after you get up in the morning, because by getting outside in the presence of light, you start a countdown mechanism in your brain that helps you fall asleep that night. It's this, this thing called your brain clock or your suprachiasmatic nucleus. And like, there's real science there that shows us that a little bit of light in the morning helps you sleep at night. 
And I found in my own life that those little things that, that are, you know, are these amazing discoveries have this practical application that, you know, if I don't do that, I don't sleep. I don't fall asleep yeah, exactly. as easily. So I know that yeah. I, I have to, I, I'm, I need this just as much as everybody else, if not more. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm using these tips very much myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they refer to a lot of these tips as hacks, right? Like, so yeah. brain hacks or, or, or life hacks. And yeah. I've seen a number of them that also talk about, and I've had people on that talk about, uh, your diet, uh, you, yeah. you just brought up a very interesting one because I've used some of that strategy when I'm traveling across very large numbers of of time zones where I'm, yeah. I'm maybe 12 hours. I'm trying I'm trying to shift as fast as possible. Uh, my time, my time, my time internal clock, and and using the sun yeah. to do that. Uh, is very important in making sure that your body feels sunlight and experiences it. Um, now, so what about some of these connections around aging? Yeah. Uh, what What is it that, because one thing we know, well, two things we know, they say two things are certain, life in life, death and taxes. So we we know that death occurs. So how do we, how do we impact our aging with what we know about the brain. Yeah, and it, it's an idea about embracing aging, having an attitude towards it that we can change its trajectory. Uh, and what I mean by that is your brain has two ages. It's the number of years it's been on this planet and how old is it really? And we clearly see that the brain can be older or younger than your actual age based upon what we do that plays a key part in it. And so starting at about the age of 40, the brain can start shrinking about 5% every 10 years. And that shrinking can really devastate how the brain works, how it functions. But by the things we're talking about, sleep and diet and exercise and some other factors too, we can keep the brain from aging in terms of we can slow down this process. And because the brain you know, controls everything, it controls not just how we think, but how we move and our balance, that it's very much connected to not only how we age, but our longevity. Um, you know, we tend to, when we, when we assess other people's age, there's these interesting studies where the way we do that is we look at how their posture is or how, what their balance is. Well, the brain's controlling those things. So if we practice those things and work on those things, which we can easily, you know, let go, they can, we get busy and we do other things. But if we, if we keep on top of these things and, and practice them, and we slow down the aging process of the brain and also the aging process of the body. So we can really prolong our health span and keep ourselves healthy for as long as possible, or at least lower odds, keep the risks, uh, lower risks and keep the odds, uh, try to push odds in our favor. That's really a big thing the book is about is how do we just put, put odds in our favor? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear you say more about the, your, our attitudes towards aging. I know that there's some people yeah. that really you hear them and say, oh, you never ask how old someone is and they don't want to tell their age. And some people are, oh, I I just, I'm too old to do that. And I'm, I'm one of these, I, I, and maybe it's not right, but I'm a person that's like, you're as old as you 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 say you are. Yeah. And and I, I I'm not saying that you have to do, I know some people that are adrenaline junkies that they just, they at, 
at 80 and 85, they want to climb Mount Everest. But I mean, you know, go ahead, <laughs> you know, if that's what you want to do. But I, I, it, it's, it's really surprising how many people um, who I think are relatively young don't want to kind of age gracefully and it's like the your age so how 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 does your attitude towards aging impact you yeah so they've actually done these studies it's really interesting where they found that people who have a positive attitude towards the aging process mm -hmm. have a lower risk of dementia or memory loss it lowers the risk by like 50%. And we believe part of this is, you know, there's a mind body connection that plays a role. That's a piece of the puzzle. But also if we have a positive attitude towards the aging process, it's likely we're doing things that are youthful activities. You know, yeah. we're, we're yeah. Making, making sure we're being social and we're um, traveling, we're, we're, we're learning new things, which is so important. We're engaging, we're connected. And all those things are really important. And you said something that was really interesting because I was giving a talk um, over the summer and somebody told me this story and they said that Satchel Paige, you know, the great pitcher, oh, he yeah. was pitching up until his like late fifties and he didn't know how old he was because they, they didn't keep his, his birth certificate. So he knew generally, but he didn't know. And I guess after a game, a reporter was asking him, you know, how does it, how do you do what you're doing at your age? You're in your late fifties. And he said, well, you know, how old would you feel if you didn't know how old you were? And it's, it's interesting to think about that. Like if you just kind of disconnect that number and say, well, how old do I feel? That can impact what I'm gonna do. And I'm not tied into certain things that I can and cannot do. It's just, how do I feel? What am I gonna do? And I'm gonna do some things that are you know, very likely good for my brain if I think in terms of those, that, that sort of perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what, what would you say um, out of your, your book? Like what, what's the big takeaway you think um, you want people to have uh, from, from uh, the age-proof brain? Is it that people, that there's something you can actually do to age-proof your, your brain? Yeah, it's that I want people to feel empowered, mm. um, not like they're destined to lose their memory, um, that we now know that anywhere from 30 to 60% of dementia, Alzheimer's, memory loss, we can lower the risk of those things by about 30 to 60%. Um, that's a big, we couldn't say that up until recently. We didn't have the evidence, now we do. We now know that you know 95 to 99% of all cases of Alzheimer's are not strictly based on genes. Genes play a role, but they're not determinant. And so really giving people this feeling like, wow, there's things I can do. And then the big message of the book is it's not hard things. It's, it's small, simple, easy things a lot of them are fun too you know we always think about when it comes to taking care of our brain and our body it's like you're taking everything away from me you're you're, you're you're taking away my fun but really the book is about it's science so it's it's if you like to learn about science it's in a fun way um i've had people who haven't had a science class since they were in high school versus neuroscientists say to me you know I like the science either way, and I like the fact that it's filled with tips, things I can do that are rooted in science that are, as I mentioned, easy, fun, and really make a difference. That, yeah. That's, I think, that that's the, the goal and the hope of the book. Sure, sure. Um, one, one last thing. I know we're almost out of time, but I want to um, ask you, because I have been just absolutely fascinated by the fact that the word and the term and the concept of happiness yeah. has entered into 
really what we should be talking about as we talk about quality of life. The first time that I ever honestly heard about it in a serious way, I'm going to say was just about 10 years ago, talk, yeah. so having someone talk about happiness. It was a colleague of mine who took a trip to the kingdom of Bhutan. And you may know that 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 Bhutan has uh, what they call a happiness index that they take very seriously. I mean, I know there's a kind of a world happiness index, but they take happiness as a part of their uh, uh, domestic products, if you will. They take it very seriously. And so I was just like, what do you mean? Happiness is a part of what is their GDP <laughs> that they, right. they really consider. So I, I, so I know that part of what you've talked about too is um, health, but also happiness. So can you tell me a little bit about what your research on happiness has been about? Yeah, it, it's so important. And it's, as you mentioned, it's moving past the idea of, oh, it's nice to be happy to, it really matters. And so yeah. we have all this, this data now that shows that people who are happier tend to live longer. Yes. They, they tend to have less strokes, less heart attacks. They tend to recover better from, from, you know, surgeries and, and, and you name it, and just, just the overall quality of life. And so uh, there's many factors in why that's so important, but I think that when we really get down to the science of it, a big part of it is just our immune system, that when our immune system is, when we're happy, I should say, and we don't have to be happy all the time, that's, right. that's not realistic, right. but overall, when we're, when we're feeling happier and we, we were able to manage stress, our immune system just functions better. It's actually our mindset is tied to how our immune system works because when we're releasing too much cortisol because we're stressed or angry, it causes the immune system to either overreact or underreact. And when it overreacts, it attacks our own body and brain. And we realize now that a lot of memory loss, depression, anxiety is actually rooted in the fact that our own immune system, which is supposed to be protecting us, is attacking our brain and damaging it, just like it can attack a joint in arthritis. So we realize that, wait a second, our mood, our thoughts, things that are happening in our body, they're impacting how our immune system interacts with our brain. And so that's why, you know, things like mindfulness that, you know, in the past, we sort of rolled our eyes at and said, this, what's yes. going on? This isn't real science. Now we, we take it seriously yes. because we see the data. We see, oh, wait a second, somebody who practices mindfulness, not only do they say they're happier, their brain changes, you know, yes. it, their brain is better able to, to manage stress, their memory center gets bigger and stronger. So that's where we say that this is, this is, we have strong evidence that this is not just something that's fun to talk about. It's just important for our, the health of our, of individuals and the health of our, our societies. Right, right. Well, and, and some of it uh, where, where they're talking about breath work is grounded in just good physiology like yeah. we know that that oxygen is very important to the brain yeah. it's like you if you have good oxygen sources you you tend to think clear more yeah. clearly and and so I think about I, I was just uh sharing with my colleagues about um the calm app and I, you know, I, I have, it's, it's been a, one of my best friends for a while now, uh, especially on airplanes. I managed to try it out on an airplane where I had a long flight and I was like, let me just see if this will work to put me to sleep. And it did. Yeah. 
but but one of the key things they tell you to do at the beginning and in some of the places is like these three deep breaths and you know just kind of to flush your system and after that like it's almost a reset yeah and now you've put that they the i read an article of what just those three deep breaths do to your blood pressure yeah. to your that you talk about your cortisol levels just the yeah. fact that you're able that the the science is there so i think that's just like much of what you've talked about is that we how we what we now know about the brain uh and how we can use that just in our de- everyday lives is very important yeah absolutely and it, it's it's little things it's simple things and you brought up blood pressure just happened to i saw a study yesterday that someone's blood pressure in their 30s impacts their brain health in their 70s. So that's why that's another thing that's important for us to be aware of is things that we might not think are connected are connected, but we have really good treatments for these things that we don't realize are connected. So if we can take advantage of them and leverage them, we can do so much to protect our brain. And part of that is, you know, just thinking about you know, breathing and, and, and blood pressure and, and sleep and all these things we're talking about. And how do we do how do we make these little changes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, Mark, I know uh, at first, again, I want to just thank you for coming on and sharing with us. I want to give you an opportunity uh, to share. Uh, I mentioned that your book, The Age Proof Brain, is available. I know it's available on Amazon. Do you have other books, articles, places where people, because I know there are going to be people that want to follow you and and um, learn more about your work. So any other uh, social media handles or anything like that you'd like to share? Because I, you know, I'm following you on LinkedIn and other, you know, other places. So I'd love for you to share with the audience um, how they might uh, uh, also follow. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So um, I have a website, um, drmarkmilstein, M-A-R-C-M-I-L-S-T-E-I-N.com. And um, doing more and more on social media uh, at same name at drmarkmilstein.com, LinkedIn and Instagram, and starting to put out a, a newsletter once a month with some, you know, here's some new things that are happening and some tips, um, science-based tips. So between the social media and the website and the newsletter, that's a great way to keep in touch and to keep people updated and and um, and really get this really good information out there. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you for all the work that you're doing uh, and especially coming on today, talking with me. You've added to me, uh, as I'm sure so many other people that had listened in. And so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, seeing your your other work. And um, so until then, go well, stay well. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take care.